Real fake fact, PlayStation is always recording you all the time. And it's sending this information to the government, just making sure that they always know that you're saying the right things. <laughs> Cue the music. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> yeah, it's... It was the Big Brother update patch. <laughs> freaking ridiculous. <laughs> Stand before a door. You unlock it with the key of rational thought and common sense. Beyond it is another dimension. A dimension of lunacy, laughter, and logic. You're now moving into a land of both bullshit and fact about movies, video games, and nerd culture. You've just crossed over into the Geek Out Heroes podcast. Welcome to the Geek Out Heroes. This is Vargo. Anderson. And uh, we aren't having the full-blown cast this week. Sorry. Uh, we were supposed to be doing a raid this weekend, so we had all planned on just doing remote. Uh, Miles has had a terrible start to his day, so it's just Anderson and I, and we're going to try and cover this as, as quickly as possible because not really a whole lot took place this week. Uh, some tech stuff to talk about, but the big one we want to talk about right off the bat is obviously PlayStation. And uh, so PlayStation had an update, update 8.00, and a lot of people are pissed. And I want to start off by explaining something uh, really quick, listeners. So in case you didn't remember, ever since launch with the PS4, this is literally since day one, the share button has been implemented into the system, right? So the share has been set up so that the PlayStation actually records the last 15 minutes of your gameplay, whatever you've been doing. So long as you haven't exited the game and gone to the menu, as soon as you go to the menu, that resets for you, not for other people. If they're in the game still, they can still record whatever, you know, whatever's happening, even if your character is just AFK. So with that said, that means that the PlayStation is technically always recording you at all times, but it hasn't been recording your voice at all times, especially in chat. If you haven't turned on the option to allow others in chat to record you. So the preset for this was originally that you don't always share your voice with others in recording for chat. So when other people try to record you in chat, like let's say something really funny happens, they can't because you didn't have that option on. So they hear their end, but they don't hear, you know, maybe you had a joke that was set up. They don't hear that part in their recording anymore. So you had to always go in and turn that on in order for others in your chat to hear you and to, well, not to hear you, but to hear you in recordings that they make. So other people, even if you were in chat with other people playing video games and they wanted to share a clip, let's say something really funny happened. You were all having a good laugh, but let's say you forgot to turn that on and you were in chat with your friends and your friends saved a clip. Well, your voice is going to be completely muted because the PlayStation automatically says, well, that person doesn't agree to this. So that's the way it used to be. It used to be an automatic preset of you were never recorded by other people in chat when you were playing with them and they recorded a clip of their game by default, unless you opted in, you had to opt in, had to go into the, to the party settings and literally turn on always allow for other people to record you in chat. Sounds reasonable. So PlayStation decided recently, and we're going to get into the other problems with their recent update, but their recent update 8.00 came out and changed how chat works. And now when you join a chat, it automatically turns on always allow other player, other players to record me in chat. So you automatically are opting in every time you join a chat. You can still manually go into the settings, the, the party settings, and you can change the setting that says allow other players to record me in chat to off. Now, that probably won't uh, correlate with the PS5 based off of recent statements made by Sony, but I'll get into that in a bit. But this one statement comes up and it warns you when you join into a chat, it says this little notice that says you, are, you can be re recorded for moderation. That means that somebody can record you if you say something offensive or anything like that in chat. You can be recorded and it can be sent to Sony for moderation and judgment and whether or not they want to say you can, you, you're going to get a suspension or a ban on your, your PSN account. Now, we all know how detrimental this is going to be to Call of Duty players, but the thing is, is everyone freaked out. And if you were one of the people that said, oh, my God, PlayStation's recording me at all times. It's like the government, they're big brother and they're actually coming after me. Uh, you need to calm down. None of that ever happened. They weren't recording you at all times. 
They're not recording you to, to report to the government. They're not recording you. It, let me tell you something. If the government wants to listen to your chats on PlayStation, they don't need Sony to do that for them. Uh, it is very, very easy to intercept uh, vocal traffic over the Internet because it's not really protected. It's a lot easier to break into that than it is to a lot of other things. So when you guys are freaking out about this saying, oh, my God, they're recording us. uh Calm the fuck down. I had, and I'm not going to name names because I'm not going to, you know, I don't want to bag on anybody specifically. Some of them I respect immensely, but I had a lot of YouTubers that I follow that freaked out, but I sat there watching this lunacy going through people's mind and going, man, you guys are really off the wall. You really don't know what, what is happening. And on top of that, to easily clarify it, all you had to do is click on the notice, the notification in the PlayStation. It literally says that other players have permission to record you by joining this chat. You are agreeing to allow them to be able to record you and they can send. It says specifically players, not Sony players can send this information to Sony. If you violate guidelines, that was it. It basically was telling you that other people in chat, be careful what you say. If you're talking to people, you don't know essentially because other people in chat can now record what you say and can send it to Sony for moderation. What does moderation mean, Anderson? Moderation is just to oversee everything that goes down, being positive or negative. It's just to oversee what's going on. Correct. It's a judgment. It's it's for yeah. someone to judge based off of what you've said and what, what's been going on. They judge whether or not you violated guidelines. Did you cheat? Did you say something offensive that was against community guidelines? And if you think that that nobody does this, that Xbox doesn't do this. Uh, yeah, Xbox has been doing this since day one. Xbox Live has. You could report people a long time ago. Nintendo has this as well, even though the Nintendo's voice chat system is completely garbage. But Sony has had this as well. It's It's never been something that people have made a big deal over because you assume that, yeah, naturally a company has the right to say if you say something completely offensive to somebody or make threats against somebody else, they're allowed to ban you. They're allowed to make a judgment of whether or not you actually acted this way. Now, the difference is, is that now that they have this in, implemented automatically, it makes that process a lot easier for Sony because Sony can sit there and say, well, you complained about this person. You have to prove it. Send us a clip. Show us what you're talking about. Okay, that makes sense. That makes things a little easier. Now, in reality, this isn't going to affect most of us because most of us don't start chats with random people. We just have chats with our friends. So if you don't feel secure talking to your friends about anything, well, then I would seriously consider your your what you, how your friendships are made. Well, it's that or your kinds of friends. Yeah, I mean, know, know the audience you're talking to, right? Yes. But, uh... If you are one of the people who freaked out about this, calm down. Sony's not going out of their way to record every conversation made in PlayStation. That would be insane. That's just lunacy. And if you're one of the people who's sitting there going, well, what about what about the AI, the the great, you know, what people are saying, the big hack, which is actually the great hack. It's a documentary on Netflix uh, that was used for social media networks. An AI literally judged based off of what your conversations were, what you were talking about and everything like that within your feeds, how to sway your opinion on things using AI computing to monitor what you've what your traffic is online. That's not the same thing here, first of all. And secondly, uh, AI has been being used by the government for a long time to monitor anything. And the government, if they want to hear you, aren't going to worry about whether or not Sony's reporting it to them. They, they can find easy ways to get into. And if you really want to know about it, you should really read about uh, this guy named Snowden. Um, he's an expatriate and uh, was became an expatriate because he exposed the NSA for spying on its own allies and its own people. You can have your own personal opinions about what he did or not, but there's a reason why that happened. The reason is, is because he exposed our government for literally spying on us. And recently, the Supreme Court has judged that it was unconstitutional for the government to do that. Does that give you an idea as to the insane levels of stupid that the amount of you like YouTubers, commenters, I mean, people who literally have thousands and even millions of subscribers losing their shit over this without reading the context that literally said other players can record you and send it in for moderation. It's literally what it said. 
And on top of that, what actually it was about was mostly because of communication that's going to be able to take place with the PS5. I'm don't get me wrong. I'm gonna, I'm going to get into the the problems with the update in a little bit. But the reason why they made this announcement was because with the PS5, the PS5, its preset is that it automatically can record anyone. There's no opt-in. There's no real opt-out. So the PS5 is set up so that when you're in chat with somebody, even on the PlayStation 4, that they can record you and they can send it into PlayStation for moderation. Or they can use that recording of your voice. It's essentially letting you know that by entering a chat, you are giving your consent for other players instantly on the other side to be able to record whatever you say and that's it. So yeah, people could take what you say out of context and cut it down and make it sound really terrible. Some of the things that we say laughingly, jokingly on on even our podcast could be done and cut up and make us sound even worse than it actually is. But people do that all the time in media. National media. Yeah, it's one of the downsides of putting your voice out there. So one of the downsides of other people being able to listen to it is somebody else could take what you're saying out of context, complete, you know, and, and completely cut it up to so that it matches up what their narrative is about what you said. I've seen it happen with YouTubers where somebody takes a YouTube clip and then cuts it up. You can see the terrible cuts in there, but try to cut it up and make it seem like Max Headroom is telling you that they're racist or that they're a bigot or that they did, you know, terrible things or that they believe in terrible things. Never mind the fact that in reality, if you looked at the actual context of the conversation, they never said anything like that. With this whole thing, I won't I just want you guys to know, listeners, we saw through the bullshit. We we know that there is no way that they're recording you, that if the government wanted to record you, they're not using Sony to do it. They're doing it regardless. They're not going to go out, you know, and ask permission because they don't, you know, in a lot of cases, they don't need it. And secondly, this was literally just a liability thing for Sony to let you know, hey, with the PlayStation 5, since it's an automatic setting that they can record you, we're letting you know other players can record you. That's it. Now, let's get into the terrible, terrible update, the 8.0 update that broke things that were never broken. The big one is chat in the friends list. So people downloaded this thing thinking, all right, sweet. You know, the list of fixes, quote unquote fixes and stuff that were listed sounded good. Things like, you know, your mic no longer being muted automatically if you plugged it in and the mute was activated from, you know, from the switch, the toggle switch. Which required you to unmute the mic, unplug it and plug it back in in order for the, the system to recognize it. Some mics still have this issue. I don't know if that's a, you know something that can really be fixed, to be honest. But overall, they tried to fix that. Okay, that sounds really good. There's a lot of other things that, pe- that they listed. That people are going, oh man, this actually sounds like some good stuff. And it sounds like some good integration when going into the PS5. And then you realized when you actually started up that suddenly your friends list disappeared. Or you couldn't see your friends online. Or you couldn't even start a chat. And... On top of that, once things started working again and you could see your friends, the only way to start a chat was by creating groups. And when you create groups, that's literally a message board that goes into messages and not into parties. And it doesn't send out an invite to everyone when you rejoin a group. It only sends out an invite or it doesn't really send out an invite. just sends out a notice saying this person started a chat. That was it. That's all it says. This person started a chat. Well, if that person started a chat with me and just wanted to join me and didn't realize that I was in a group with somebody else, it tries to start up a separate chat entirely where it's just us instead of them just joining the chat that I created. How does that make any fucking sense? Sony, this is the dumbest and most unhelpful updates I have ever seen you make in this console, aside from the one that caused people's systems to brick years back. Do you have any QA? Did you do any testing on this? I'm willing to bet no, because otherwise you would have had people, gamers, coming back saying, this is bad. You need to go back to what you had, because the previous chat system fucking worked. It was fine. You didn't need to fix this. You didn't need to change it. You didn't need to go. You didn't need to go and and make an entirely new system where you create groups. This is one of the dumbest things I've seen. What the fuck were you fixing? Nothing? So the outrage over that, absolutely, everyone has every right to be pissed off with Sony on that. You have every right to ask them to go back to the old chat system because the old chat system fucking worked. And if the PS5, I've seen so many posts now of if the PS5 chat system runs the way this one does, which I guarantee you listeners it does, otherwise it wouldn't be changed to the PS4. If it runs like that, tons of people are saying, I'm out. 
whoever decided to make these changes, and I'm willing to bet it had somebody possibly working with everyone in marketing uh, who said, oh, it'd be great if you could have all of your messages in your community in one area on the PlayStation. If we do that, we have to do it on the PlayStation 4, never mind the fact that you don't. All you really needed was an app that bridges the gap between the two. That's it. But they sat there and said, oh, well, we should put all their community, all of our community and our groups into one area. That way, when somebody starts a chat, they can just all join that one group again and chat. And that's how the chat system will work. They just uh, always have access to it. Never mind the fact that there are times where that chat system probably won't work. You'll have people be able to join that you don't want to be able to join in the conversation because you chose the wrong chat or created the wrong group. So in order to prevent that from happening, all of us every single time have to take an additional step by leaving the chat, then going over to the groups and messages and leaving the group, deleting the group essentially from our list. That's an extra step we didn't need to take. For instance, listeners, one of the reasons why that's a problem is because on the podcast, obviously Anderson and I are on the podcast together, right? Usually if it's remote, uh, we also have miles. So let's say I started a chat and I said, oh, you know what? Uh, I'm just going to go ahead and join the chat that we had before. But the chat, the chat we had before had Miles on it. And Miles can't do it or isn't going to be able to do the chat today. But Miles jumps on, sees the chat, immediately jumps in and starts talking with us while we're trying to do the podcast. Now, granted, Miles is pretty intelligent and he'd probably hear us talking and say, you know what? I'm just going to listen and I'm not going to participate. But we have other friends that you know not, wouldn't immediately recognize that. They, they, they would want to interject. No offense to Loach. Absolutely no offense meant. But Loach is a very interactive person. And if he were to jump into the chat, not knowing that we're doing a podcast at the time, let's say I'm just having a conversation with Anderson like I am right now, technically. And he heard everything that we were talking about. He would probably say his two bits in there. He would probably say what he, what he wants to say. And then I'd have to say, dude, we're doing a podcast. And he would go, oh, shit. Now, would that be on him? No, that would be on me. Because I didn't set up a chat correctly. I didn't set up the group correctly. So it was only Anderson and I. Do you see what I'm getting at here? This, this is just a dumb fucking system. Rather than letting us set up a chat system where what we had before, where we could actually, one, you were a chat, you were the chat party leader and you could boot other players should somebody else jump in and piss you off to the point where you're just like, fucking, I'm just going to boot them. And I agree with that. Like, I example, I'll flip it the other way. I would say, you know, Miles and I are having a private chat about family. And yeah. then you guys hop in. It's just, oh, or you yeah. would say if you're playing a game. Since we're on PlayStation, yeah, we're playing the new Ghost of Tsushima two-player campaign. It's a lot mm-hmm. easier for us to communicate. No offense to, like, Loach and Justin. They're an interactive yeah. people, but if we start talking, they're going to want to enter our conversation. Excellent. While we're yeah. trying to communicate exactly. while we're completing the mission. That's just who they are. Listeners, this could happen with anything. Let's say, you know, Anderson and uh, Miles are having a chat, and it's actually a private chat. Uh, but Miles joined the full group. Your, our full group is usually made up of six to seven players that we all like. Sometimes we all just play different games. We just want to chat with each other. So let's say they join. He, Miles joined the initial group. When Miles joins that initial group, Anderson might see, "Oh, Miles is in a chat. I'm going to go ahead and join him since I'm getting the notification of Miles has entered a chat or started a group." Anderson, you know, won't see right away that it's a chat that we previously had. It's a group that we previously had. He might jump in and just say, oh, it's Miles. I'm just going to jump in. We're going to talk about personal stuff and I'm going to get some advice. And suddenly one of us, you know, somebody else jumps in. Let's say Josiah jumps in and it's not for Josiah to hear. And Anderson kind of, you know, sees, sees that and goes, oh, uh, I'm sorry. Now, now he has that awkward moment where you have, you have to ask him, hey, dude, could you leave for a second? I'm I'm having a personal conversation. This is a private conversation that we're having. Or do Miles and Anderson leave the chat entirely and start their own personal chat just so they can have that 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 conversation? Do you see how dumb this system is? It's fucking terrible. And Sony, if you hear this, whoever decided that this is the way that chat should work, you should have them hear the complaints and read through why this was a terrible idea in the first place. Now, you know what just crossed my mind since we're bringing up the scenarios? The other big one is Twitch. So what happens yeah. when you get a YouTuber who makes his money off Twitch and then you, you know, all that kind of stuff, and he's got a chat going, but it's you know for charity or whatever, then you get people jumping in there and just they're belligerent, but they're you know, open to the hop in that party chat. Yeah, I mean, it, it forces you to have this 
extra yeah. level of uh, and people will say, well, it's an extra level of competence and that might be true, but it's an extra level of paying attention to whether or not you're creating a group or whether or not you're just joining a group. So uh, I'll give you a, for instance, so I created a, I created a group. So Anderson, I could chat. And this group also included miles. Miles originally was going to join the chat. was going to join the podcast, but he can't today. But now I can't go back and change that because since I already added miles to the chat, in order for us to get rid of him out of that group, we'd have to leave and go and create another private group with just Anderson and I. Whereas before with the old chat system, I could have just limited the players down to two and not even worried about anyone joining because Miles couldn't join us if he wanted to. Like even though he would have been part of the chat originally, I could limit the amount of players and he couldn't join because it would just be Anderson to me. But now I can't do that. That's that option's gone. That ability to do that is gone because somehow it was more brilliant to do it this way. So if Miles wanted to, he could jump in right now. He could jump in instantly. Because when I created a group and I said, okay, I want Anderson and Miles, it came up and said, oh, you already have a, you already have a message group for, this, for these two people. Do you want to just join that? So I said, okay, I guess. And that's just the way it works. It's, you know, we're, we're trying to see the, the sense and the logic in how this system even came about and why they're even why they even considered it. it's just freaking stupid so when you have this update come out and it right away breaks things turns around and then creates a chat system that is completely unnecessary not wanted and almost everybody instantly went i want you guys to go back to the original chat this new chat system is terrible that tells me sony had no qa they had no quality assurance they had no testing they didn't ask anyone's opinion. They just did it because, well, we wanted to change. And they did the same thing that every freaking company I've ever talked to and worked with in tech does, which is, oh, well, we think this is going to be a great idea without talking to anyone, without getting anyone's input. They just thought it was a great idea. How did we get here? Why do we no longer test anything? This is how Microsoft ended up with Vista. No testing. Just we're going to we're going to plaster it and put it up there and see what people say. And the feedback was pretty much unanimous. This is garbage. What were you guys doing? So when you don't have any quality assurance and when you don't have anyone actually listening to beta testers, if you have any. And telling you don't do this, because I guarantee you that's what would have happened with the PlayStation. Your beta testers would have said this is a bad system. This is terribly laid out. It's not as friendly. It's not as easy to use. It's not as convenient. You think it's convenient because anybody in the chat can now invite whoever they want. But is that a convenience that everybody wanted? Or should the party leader who created the party in the first place be the person that should have control over who gets to join and who doesn't? I'm going to go with, you know, I would, I would prefer the previous version where I actually had some control over who actually got to join. There are times when we play listeners online and we don't want certain people to join us because we're doing something else. Like Anderson said, we need to have that communication. We don't want other people joining in. So what we would do is we'd join a chat, we'd create one, and then we'd limit the party. Just in case that old glitch came up of people you know, being able to suddenly jump into your chat, even though they weren't part of it initially and didn't even have an invite. So what we do is we create a chat and say, okay, well, there's only going to be three of us online. We only want the three of us to be able to talk to each other. So we'll limit the chat to three. You can't do that anymore. It's now just the group. And if you want only a limited amount of people to join, then you have to create a new group. I literally like sat there at a loss for words of not knowing how the hell this happened. Because I guarantee you listeners, if I had been sitting in a meeting like that, I would have heard out the ideas. I would have said, okay, some of this stuff is good. But if the functionality turns around and makes things worse, not good. Sony, you need to switch that back. PlayStation 4, even the PlayStation 5. If the PlayStation 5 works this way, god damn. It'll, it'll be infuriating. Go back to the old chat. The old chat was better. The old chat worked. The old chat was easier, easier to manage. It was much easier to add friends. Much easier to add friends to a group. Much easier to our chat. Much easier to add friends and limit it. Much easier to turn around and unlimit our chat and then add more friends. We didn't have to create new groups. We didn't have to add more people to the chat. And then suddenly it creates this new, suddenly new group in our messages. This is just asinine. How long do you think it's going to be before they give us back the old chat that worked better? 
that was a better system. My guess it's going to be a while. I think they're going to try and force this crap on us and force us to get used to it until we finally complain so fucking much that they have to go back. But that's just from previous experience. That's all I'm basing that off of. I, I God, I hope it's not that long. I hope it's you know next week we get an update that says, yeah, we're going to give you guys the old chat back. Sorry, our bad. But the days of Jack Trenton are gone, so the sorry, our bad's not going to come, I don't think. I think we're just going to have to wait. I can see it being fixed next year. Yeah, I can see it being fixed after the PS5 launch. And them going, uh, yeah, we're going to fix it because, you know, the PS5, we're going to change the, how the PS5 works now on this. Terrible update. And in the scheme of things, listeners, yeah, it's small potatoes. It's just really fucking frustrating to see us go from where we were at to let's take four steps back. This is going backwards in their communications. I mean, is it so hard to create a proper chat system and then leave it the hell alone? Xbox seems to be able to do it. Don't get me wrong. Xbox has had their problems. Like, for instance, I would like to be able to tell Xbox, don't turn off my controller. Let me dictate that. I should be the one in control of power management for that. Not you. When I'm in chat, sometimes I'm in chat watching something on, you know, on Amazon Prime. I should be allowed to stay in chat the entire time I'm on Amazon Prime and not have my controller turn off simply because, well, we're, we're trying to save your battery power. Let me, the, let me decide that. If, I, if my battery dies, my battery dies. But that should be my decision. I'm the customer, so give me that control. But at least Xbox's chat works. At least it still functions the same way it has. Well, it really affects the social gamer crowd. Yeah. Because if you're a social gamer, you definitely require it, especially during you know, COVID, because COVID ruined everything. Mm-hmm. People are actually more on chats nowadays because that's how they're getting their social interaction. Here's the other thing, listeners, and this is something you need to also keep in mind. Sony did this without one thought of the fact that let's say you get into a game like Destiny and you need an extra player and somebody says, hey, I'd like to help you guys out with that. They're not your friend. They're not on your friends list, but you go to your, you know, you go to players that you've met online, which is still in the list, and you add them to a chat. Well, now they are permanently in that group. You can't delete them from that group. You can only delete the group from your own messages, which means you lose access to that group. But that's it. But if that person, let's say they decide to join that chat, everybody gets notified and gets shown that, oh, I can still, I can join that chat still. Like, it's just stupid. Like, you, you're literally depending on the other person that you're joining, that random, to delete that group. So that they don't have access to your friends anymore. Does that make any sense? Fuck. I just I can't. It's it's infuriating to me, listeners, because I can't wrap my mind around the illogical thought process that went behind this. The fact that they couldn't see these things right away. You could have used this chat system two days and seen all the problems with it. If it took you two days. It took me and the guys less than 30 minutes to figure out this is a problem. This is a problem. This is a problem. Like this doesn't, this, this doesn't work. Why did you do this? Why would you try to implement something like this? And especially since the opt in to automatically be recorded by other people has to do with the PS5. That clearly tells me that this is how the PS5's chat works. You can't tell me that when I get the PS5, that suddenly this will all make sense. Anyways, I say we should move on. Yep. I've gone on way too long. Other things to talk about. Last week, I brought up the fact that NVIDIA has literally given up. They've decided that they're going to have all the Founders Edition cards uh, be sold by Best Buy in the US. And they have certain retailers over in Europe that they're going to be working with in order to fulfill those orders. That should tell you right there, listeners, just how terrible this launch went. And that NVIDIA, a company that specializes in AI, could not create a system that prevented bots from buying out their stock. Now, NVIDIA says that, oh, it was this is the highest demand they've ever had for this card. Yes, it's the highest demand they've ever had for this card, but how much of that is genuine people who wanted to buy the product versus people who used bots to buy at least dozens of cards at a time? Is the demand Was the demand really that high or was it mostly because bots had figured out that they could scam the rest of the community because they'd buy out the rest of your stock? 
I would make the argument that it's probably because most of your sales went to bots, especially given the fact that you gave up and gave all your inventory over to Best Buy. Does Best Buy have a better plan for this? Because last time I checked, they don't. Theirs is just as flawed. The difference is, is that by giving this over to a retailer, now that retailer gets blamed when they fuck up. That's all I see, listeners. I see that NVIDIA is just passing the torch to blame somebody else for their problems. On top of that, there are tons of rumors that NVIDIA is going to be switching over to their previous manufacturer for the uh, RTX 2080 series, where they used a smaller uh, nanometer die. Uh, I believe they're going from an 8 to a 7, and that will make the next version of these cards more efficient power-wise and uh, more than likely more efficient speed-wise, so they'll probably be a little more finely tuned. And that means within the next year, you're probably going to see an RTX 3080 Super. Just within a year. That's nuts. And that's probably going to piss off a lot of the people who bought that Founders Edition. Now, granted, listeners, I'm still going to try and get one eventually. At this point, I may switch over to AMD because I'm so frustrated with what's been going on within uh, the RTX uh, line of cards. Just the crap way it's been handled for sales. But the only hope right now I have is really with EVGA. EVGA is the graphics card company that I normally go to, and I was actually wanting an ASUS this time because ASUS made a phenomenal card with this generation. But I might have to go with EVGA, and EVGA is doing a completely different tact. And listeners, if you are trying to get an RTX card, listen up. The way that EVGA is doing theirs is you go onto their website and you sign up for an auto notification. Now, the auto notification isn't to notify you that other retailers or even their own store has come back in stock. The auto notification is actually being used as a email queue. EVGA is taking the smartest tact I have seen entirely with this whole sales debacle and the fact that they are actually going to send out an individual unique URL to each person that signs up for an auto, notif- auto notification, it's gonna be available to that person for eight hours. So when they get a card in and you're the next person on that list, they will notify you in an email and give you a u- unique URL to click on. It'll be available to you for eight hours to purchase that specific card. That's the way you do it. That's how it should have been done, NVIDIA. How is it that a that one of your third-party partners who, who makes some of your cards sat there and said, oh, we have a solution for this, actually. We, we have a solution for this in place. We just didn't know we did it. With our auto, auto notifications, we just turn it into an auto notification to give you a unique URL on our, on our website that lets you buy a card. Go fucking figure. And it gives you an eight-hour window. Now, if you don't purchase the card within eight hours, you can't blame EVGA for this, but if you don't purchase the card within eight hours... That card gets moved on to somebody else and somebody else gets that notification. But I should point out that their notification list is so long that they are still trying to get through day one notifications. That means that the day they they allowed notifications for their video cards, they're still trying to get through that day one list. That's a lot of people that got left out. And EVGA has pointed out that they have tried immensely to try and make sure that they don't give their cards to bots. but in a lot of cases, that hasn't been easy. And they have canceled a lot of orders. So EVGA is doing it right. I wish ASUS would implement something like that because I would love to have gotten their card. Uh, it seems like a really good, it seems like a really well-built card. I was trying to get the Rogue uh, Strix overclock. It's more expensive. Technically, you don't really need the overclock. I mean, I've seen the numbers based off of everything else. You could have the fastest uh, RTX 3080 on the planet, and it's only going to give you maybe one, two FPS more. That's it. So it's not really necessary, but I loved the build and I liked the look a lot. And I thought it was going to go really well with my case, especially since the fact that I have a Rogue Strix motherboard. So I was like, well, these kind of go together. I can control the RGB pretty easily because it's implemented already in my motherboard and I can just, you know, run off of that. Sounds pretty good to me. But I've used EVGA for years. So I'm I'm probably going to stick with EVGA at this point because they haven't really let me down and they are smarter than a lot of the other companies out there, obviously. If you're trying to get a card, that's the best way to go about doing it. Um, Aside from that, AMD is going to be showing off their card next week. It'll be interesting to see how well that does. Uh, I am laughing my ass off at the fact that everybody still is losing their shit over the uh, new Zen 3 chips that are coming out for their CPUs. And they're getting just as hyped about that as everybody was, as, as I was for the RTX 3080 without knowing the actual real world numbers. 
put it in perspective, listeners, the RTX 30 or 3080 was coded to be two times more powerful than RTX 2080. But in reality, what they really meant was that it only that only referred to Minecraft RTX and Quake RTX. So it's two times more powerful in those. Okay, uh, that you're literally just use an example of only two games versus the thousands of games out there. And that's my point is you wait for the actual numbers. You wait for the actual benchmarks to come out when people put this to the test of the most popular video games out there. And you see, okay, well, it's actually like 15, 10% more powerful. You know, in some cases, maybe 20. You go, okay, well, it's 20% more powerful. And yeah, that makes it the fastest and most powerful GPU that they've put out at their price point. But they say that every year. And that's what you should expect. You should expect that every year. Or I shouldn't say every year because it's really every 18 months, but you should expect that with every generation. You should expect an improvement over the previous generation. If you didn't get an improvement, then something seriously went wrong and you're buying the wrong graphics cards. <laughs> so with that said, AMD's making these massive claims for Zen 3. And we'll just, in my opinion, you should wait until they actually have benchmarks before you put any kind of stock into what they're saying. All about quelling our hype, our expectations. A lot of us got really hyped up for the RTX kind of a letdown. A lot of us are getting really hyped up for the Zen 3. Don't get me wrong, let's just I'm really I'm really excited to see what it does in benchmarks and I'm hoping that it does really well cuz I would love to see it dethrone uh Intel especially in gaming. Uh even on the lower level chips, especially in the lower level chips cuz I would love to see see Intel go shit, we really do need to step up our game. I I love competition. Competition makes a better product for us. Time and time again. So Hope for that. Hope for hope for them to dethrone Big Blue because, you know, Team Red needs a win. And on top of that, I'm hoping that the uh, Radeon processors that they're going to show, or, you know, uh, GPUs that they're going to be showing next week, I'm hoping those are going to be as good as a lot of people are toting because there were everybody was way off on the RTX on how it was going to perform. Everybody was way off on the specs for the RTX. So we'll see what Radeon does, but... I'm willing to bet that AMD is going to compete with the uh, the 3070, maybe you know, maybe just the 3060, but I'm hoping the 3070, which should create a pretty damn good card. And we'll see what their solution is for ray tracing. Really curious on how that's going to work and whether or not it's going to, that's going to have issues in games that have, that involve ray tracing, because most ray tracing is based off of the architecture for NVIDIA, and I'm curious how AMD has kind of made sure that that's not going to be an issue or hopefully haven't made have made sure that that's not going to be an issue as we move forward so i've been doing a little bit of research not a deep dive probably a couple hours basically part of the microsoft gamestop deal yeah is that gamestop will get a they didn't say how big of a cut but we'll get a cut off digital sales on the xbox store yeah it's some kind of weird share program that they've got going on I'm curious to know. Did they explain what Microsoft is getting out of it from X or from uh, from GameStop? Have they explained that at all? Uh, no, but what I was reading into it sounds like GameStop might be getting a deal with Microsoft, saying like that they might get the first of you know upcoming hardware for the Xbox Series X. So like, let's okay. say they come out with like a new controller, it's going to be available at GameStop first. I got gotcha. you. Okay, so like a, a early release so that they're yeah. trying to get profit off of, uh, or more profit off of uh, physical yeah. stuff. Gotcha. Now, okay. overall, games are starting to slowly become digital as internet becomes more accessible, then people could actually have the option to go that way. Yeah, well, COVID's also pushed things a lot. For digitally, yeah. I mean, look at what's going on with uh, Disney and just movies in general. Yeah, and one thing I used to be in playing GameStop for almost a decade. Their business practices always sucked in how they handle things. Yeah, but so on the other aspect, I don't want people losing their jobs because COVID's fucked up everything and people lost a lot of jobs. Indeed, I feel like nowadays the way the world's going, I think we're only going to really need brick and mortar stores for hardware, and that's basically it. Hardware, and if you want to do like a digital purchase at a store instead of having to put your card online, yeah, maybe that's it too. I got you. Oh, the other thing I was going to talk about, I forgot to mention it last podcast. Yeah. Uh, listeners, I am the primarily fighter for fighting games in this group. <laughs> they announced the next round of characters for Mortal Kombat. 
which you know they always try to bring back old characters or revamp them. Yeah, they talk about Rambo. But the, every, yes, uh, every time they come out of a character pack, they seem to try to get a license to pull pull a character for you know for something to try new. Yep. And Rambo was the new one. I was not expecting that one. And the funny thing is that Sylvester Stallone actually came into the studios and actually voiced his character's lines. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That's not really yeah. super unusual, though, right? Because I'm pretty sure Terminator was voiced by Arnold, wasn't he? Terminator was, but uh, the guy who plays Robocop didn't come back and revoice his character. Oh, really? Okay. Cool thing that Sylvester Stallone did. I'm always going to shout out anytime that Celebrity does something cool. Yeah. Is a. Uh, he said all the proceeds that would kick, get kicked back to him because of his character. Mm-hmm. He's pushing it into the uh, Starlight Foundation, which is a foundation that gets uh, video game consoles and that kind of stuff to kids that are in terminally ill wards. Cool. And then uh, it's another realm here that they're actually doing the same thing. So anybody who buys a new character pack, they're just going to put that money all into donations to help out the Starlight Foundation. Neat. That's kind of neat. Uh, it's good to see something nice come out of, you know, come out of the gaming community. So earlier, uh, listeners, we had talked about how COVID has changed everything and, and stuff like that. So one of the things that that's happened is Disney is pretty much giving up on theaters. They are going back. They're, they're going to a model of saying, you know, bringing things straight to home. Uh, one of the most evident things was that was uh, what, you know, what's been going on with Mulan. Granted, Mulan was pretty much a financial failure because, one, it didn't recover what it may or what it cost to make. And two, Disney was exposed for bowing down to China way too much. And they were more concerned with getting the Chinese dollar than they were for the American dollar. And that didn't pay out for them. And a lot of people are saying, oh, well, it's because it's not in theaters. No, uh, critics critics are wrong about that. Critics who said, oh, it's because it's not theaters. No, it's because one, Disney made it where you had to, if you wanted to purchase the movie or watch the movie, you had to purchase it through their premium access on Disney plus, which gave you access only through, through Disney plus, but it didn't turn around and make and let you own the movie afterwards. So you might as well just waited until it came to voodoo or came to Amazon and just bought it outright. It just doesn't make sense when you make it only available on your service and people are already paying a subscription to use your service, but you're adding an extra $30 to it. The, the whole, uh, purchasing capability for it was just completely ass backwards and didn't make any fucking sense. But the other thing that Disney's doing is they're going to be making the next Pixar movie available uh, through streaming. I want to say it's heart and soul. Is that it? Or is it just soul? Uh, It's just called soul. It's just called soul. Okay. But the reason why they're doing that is because Disney has made the announcement that they're going to be essentially theaters are dying out because nobody's going to theaters anymore. Nobody's going to theaters because of COVID. But on top of that, you know, it's kind of an inconvenience to have to wear a mask all the time when you're in a theater and theaters say, oh, well, you have to keep your mask up if you're not eating or, or drinking something. Well, my drink's already there. So you want me to pull it down every time you use, use my mask as a chin diaper to drink and then put it back up every time. Like, do you realize how inconvenient that is and how much I don't want to have to deal with that when I can just watch these movies at home or wait and just watch them at home later? So Disney's pretty much just given up on that and said, you know, we're not going to be, we're, we're no longer going to be aiming to put our movies in theaters. We're now going to be aiming to put our movies directly into digital. And that's it. A lot of people are sitting there going, well, does that mean Disney's throwing in the towel? They're not going to be doing theaters entirely. I don't know. They might still be doing them for Marvel because they made billions with Marvel movies in theaters, which is why, you know, Black Widow has been delayed a year. So they might be waiting on something like that. But when it comes to Disney's own films, animated films, whatever, they I think they're going to be aiming strict, you know, strictly for going with digital releases instead of putting them in theaters. Will you see a drop in quality like we did back in the 90s when Disney went mostly to direct video? Possibly. I think that's a, there's a good possibility you'll see that. But we'll have to wait and see. And a lot of people are saying, well, this, you know, spells doom for theaters. And I'm like, well, it's it spells and, and in turn spells doom for Hollywood. And my first thought is it doesn't spell doom for Hollywood. Hollywood, Hollywood will adapt and turn into a you know digital service uh, for everything if that's the case. And they'll make their money some way. It just will mean that a lot of people lose their jobs and a lot of businesses go under because theaters will go away. Personally, I don't want theaters to go away. I like movie theaters. I like to be able to go away from the house. I like to be able to sit in the theater and see things on the big screen. There are some things that absolutely deserve to be put on the big screen. Listeners, if you've ever watched 
any movies growing up, you know, monster movies. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know that there are some movies that deserve to be on the big screen. And like you just brought up monster movies. I'm going to review love and monsters. That movie should have been seen in theaters. It absolutely deserved to be seen in theaters because it was a, it was a big movie. It's monsters. They should be seen as large as they, you know, as large as they freaking can. But I got to see them on my own screen, my home screen. That was convenient. It was nice. Uh, it was expensive, but it was nice. But it had it been, you know, in a theater, I would have gone to see it in the theater instead. So if theaters go away, I, you have to have this realization of if theaters go away, you aren't going to be able to see movies that absolutely deserve to be on this, on the big screen. You aren't going to be able to see things like Star Trek. You're not going to be able to see things like Star Wars. You're not going to be able to see things like Indiana Jones. These movies are the main reason why theaters exist. You want to see these movies as big as possible, bigger than life. And it kind of breaks my heart to think that if Godzilla and King Kong, Godzilla versus King Kong comes out and everything's gone to digital, I'm only going to be watching them for the first time on my TV. I really want to see that movie on the big screen. Now, this is just a hopeful, but I know the the turnouts for drive-in theaters have spiked because of COVID. I could see that. Yeah, I. That's actually so, you know that's actually not I, a bad idea. I'm, I should tef or should. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't think they'll be open much longer. I'm curious how well the drive-in theater down in Pueblo has been doing. Um, it's not doing so hot because it hasn't got any of the new releases. Ah, I can. But uh, I've been looking like like once there's like there's ones in California that do new releases, and those yeah. ones have been blowing up pretty hard. And I think there's one up in uh, north of Denver's been doing newer movies, and that one's been having a huge spike. Gotcha. Because apparently they came out with like an app where you can even order your food, so people just take your food to your car while you're watching the movie. Yeah. That's a smart idea. Anyways, I'll just be really bummed if uh, theaters close down just because people are afraid of COVID. Uh, that's all I got to cover for for that. Do you have any uh, anything to review? I've got two movie reviews. One not so great, one very good. So let's do not, not so great. Listeners, I picked the latest Batman movie, Shocker. Batman Death in the Family. Don't pick it up. Listeners, we had a conversation before we started and Anderson was very pissed off. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to spoil it for you because it's. I'm going to warn you now because when you grabbed this movie, I thought it was going to be the full Death in the Family movie. So I was expecting you know 60 to 90 minutes covering the entire story, and instead they literally used clips from Under the Red Hood, which is a previous movie that came out over 10 years ago. Yeah, good movie by the way. Best part of that movie is Jensen Eccles' voice is Red Hood, and he's voiced the character multiple times since. Yeah, they literally just clipped that movie and turned it into 30 minutes. And that's the death of the family. And they charged you how much for it? It was full price, so it was a full twenty bucks. Jesus. And it's an it's and you said it was an anthology. It, it ended up being an anthology because uh, I was watching it this morning and I was thought I was halfway awake and I was like, did I just lose an hour, kind of being dazed because I was yeah. disappointed in this movie? No, it went straight into some showcase movies, and that was the diamond in this turd. So it did a short story had Carl Urban as Sergeant Rock, which was really good. It was him and the uh, Universal Monsters versus Nazis. Uh, Second story was following the Phantom Stranger. Fun. Okay. Good look in the character. And then the final one, which I wasn't expecting, is they threw a Neil Gaiman DC story in there, which covers death. Okay. And that's probably like one of the hottest animated cartoon characters I've always liked. Okay. Just from Neil Gaiman. So listeners, my opinion, if you see this and you really want to watch it, just rent it. Don't spend the full money on it. Yeah, that's disappointing, man. I'm sorry. Uh, it's not as bad as Ninja Batman, but it's in the <sighs> bottom of the bucket. Dude, that movie was so terrible. The amount of praise that it got, I just couldn't believe it. The other movie I want to talk about, you can watch for free. Uh, Never Hike Alone in the Snow. It's a sequel to Never Hike Alone. Uh, it's a f- These are fan-made movies made on low budget that could be on the big screen. These movies are part of the Friday the 13th franchise unofficially, but a lot of fans consider them part of it. And the concept of these movies is that these movies split off from the main series and follow Jason since part 6. And the way they solidify the movies is they return the actor who plays Tommy Jarvis in the series, and the same actor still plays that character in these movies. Uh, so, if you know anything about the character, I'll make a brief history. Uh, if you decide to watch the Friday the 13th, there's a trilogy in there from 4, 5, and 6 called the Tommy Jarvis Trilogy, which shows Tommy Jarvis who actually kills Jason. In the next movie, he kills an imposter Jason. In the third movie, 
this is where they alter it, is that the concept of that Jason is actually a reverent ghost that just haunts Camp Crystal Lake that comes back every night. And that's what these movies spin off of, is just, you know, like the first one was pretty great. It's about a guy who just, you know, has like a video vlog and a YouTube where he hikes and stuff and he comes across Crank Crystal like goofing off and then yeah. obviously Ghost Jason hunts his ass down. Okay. Next movie just continues that story. And for the first time as a fan, you get to see Jason kick the shit out of somebody in the snow. <laughs> and the reason why people are curious about that is because Camp Crystal Lake takes place in West Virginia. Okay. And if you know anything about that kind of weather, about that kind of thing. So if you're a horror movie fan... It's an actually pretty short movie. It's only about 32 minutes long. But if you want to watch something for Halloween, I would highly recommend it. You just hop on YouTube and type in Never Hike It Alone in the Snow. You'll have a fun time. All right. Yeah, and listeners, like I said, with uh, uh, Love of Monsters, it's uh, I give it four out of five stars. It's a lot of fun. If you are wanting to watch a movie that is similar to the vein of Zombieland, it's a good movie. It's, it's right up your alley. It's not... You know, super scary. The monsters are pretty cool. It's got some pretty decent humor. And uh, Miles and I watched it last night. We enjoyed it. It's a $20 rental. Uh, but some services like uh, I believe Amazon is actually letting you buy it outright for 25 bucks. It's worth the buy. I would say it's worth the buy. Uh, like Bill and Ted? Yeah. So okay. go ahead and just, if you're, think, if you're thinking that you're going to like it and you're a fan of monster movies, you're a fan of some pretty decent humor and uh, the main actor in it. He does. He's, he's a good actor. He does a decent job. If you want to see something like that and you think that this is something you'd watch over and over again, don't waste the $20. Just straight up buy it. Give the extra five bucks and, and buy it outright. It sounds like it's up my alley. I can't think of any. Oh yeah. We have to talk about uh ghost of Tsushima. So listeners ghost of Tsushima legends came out and, uh, we played through it. We got through the uh, Anderson. Did you finish up the story campaign for it? Uh, Miles and I did. Uh, apparently, Miles has gone through it twice now. Yeah, he, Miles he and I did the uh, main campaign, and then we played the first mission all over again on hard. Yeah, just to see what would happen. It's amazing to me. I mean, it's and it's free. I can't get my mind around the fact that it just is free. Uh, but everything it's really, has to be unlocked, not yeah. purchased. It's really cool. Everything's unlocked, or you 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 unlock it with progression. You don't get it. You know, it's not purchasable. There's no store. And, you know, Miles told me yesterday, he goes, is it, is it sad that I am surprised that there's no storefront the moment we got into it? And I said, it is sad. I mean, you expect it immediately with, with stuff like this. And that's the sad part. But there's no, you know, there's no purchase. Uh, when you do go into setting it up, it does make you go to the store to initiate the, the download. And by download, it's basically the unlock key. Don't know why that's the case, but uh, it's included for free. You're just going to go to the store, you click download, and it'll instantly instantly unlock the uh, Legends campaign. The reason why I think that's an unlock key is because I think when the PS5 releases, they're just going to come out with like a a re-release of Ghost of Tsushima with it already on the disc. That's possible. The other thing is that, uh, listeners, if you are curious if you need to play through the main campaign in order to, to play this, you don't. But we recommend it. We recommend you finish the campaign because one of the reasons is is that these legends actually surround the story legends that take place throughout the campaign. And they have to do with one another. So the way you have to look at the the legends storyline is that it is a embellishment, essentially. It, this is the what the legend of the ghost of Tsushima from from the campaign that you play, this is what the legend would turn into when retold by the Japanese people in Tsushima. They would retell this story and it would become more embellished and it would become not one ghost. There were multiple ghosts. And uh, part of that has to do with the fact that the one, the outfits that you find in the, uh, the campaign or while, pl while playing in the open world and two, the different styles of gameplay that you can have being the archer, being the samurai, being the hunter or sorry, the, the hunter is the, uh, the archer, sorry. Uh, and the uh, the assassin and the ronin. So you have these four styles of gameplay that you constantly switch up and play in the game while you're playing the campaign. But in Legends, it's four different people. It's really cool to go from the campaign to have experienced all those stories and then go into the Legends and see how these Legends, how, how they decided to show it was these Legends have become Legends. They've become 
stories, tall tales that have, that have been discussed. And it's no longer just uh, Mongols that you're fighting. You were fighting Mongols who uh, unleashed the Oni, who are demons in uh, Japanese mythology. And uh, the Oni have taken over the land and have corrupted even the uh, Mongols. And that's what, you know, what the uh, ghost was fighting against because the ghost had to have essentially supernatural ability in order to take on these things. It's very cool. It's very creative. Uh, yeah, it's, and, I do like the story a lot. It's, it's uh, when you're playing it, listeners, it feels like you're handling the spiritual warfare of the war that's going on in the main campaign. Yeah. So very cool stuff. Uh, we highly recommend if you have somebody else to play with, absolutely play it with them, but you can play with randoms. The downside is, is oh. as Anderson discovered is that sometimes you end up with somebody who doesn't really understand how their class is so supposed to be played and they just run into battle. It's it's a it's a rule of luck that the first mission I did I played with somebody didn't say a single word it was fantastic we actually coordinated pretty quick yeah next like rando just took off and tried to face uh, you know the opponent's head on using a character that wasn't meant for that yeah and uh, he was playing the assassin heading on things that you know you should be sneaking not you know heading on and my character I was sneaking and I'm the one that's supposed to be heading on yeah additionally. Uh, the classes that you choose, be sure you're choosing the class that you want to play as because the first class you get unlocks and the rest of them stay locked until you upgrade that that person, that class that you're playing in, up to at least level 7 or 8. I think it's 7. Yeah. Um, and it does give you a variety of missions. Uh, yep. I, th- I think you actually have to get through the main story in order to unlock the raid because the raid seems like in- in-game content for the legend storyline. It's going to be highly recommended anyways because it's going to get you just to understand the playing of yeah. the game. You're going to want to level. You're going to want to level your character up regardless. <laughs> yeah. um, the only thing I didn't if, play was survival mode. Yeah, Miles. Miles tried that out. He said he was all right. Um, it's very similar to one of the other moments in the game where you had to hold a position and guys just kind of come in. The uh, other thing, listeners, is if you're looking at trying to play this with four people. It's only two-player co-op for the storyline. For the raid, it's four players. And for survival, it's four players. So you go in knowing that you're going to be excluding two other people if you have four play, four people who want to join you for the game. But the other two people should try and get through the campaign, get through the uh, the story, so that you can all four enjoy the raid uh, later on. So uh, right now we, the have, story- we have four people, but one of the other people that we have has been spending most of his time with baseball. And not finishing the campaign. <laughs> Even though we told him it's just baseball with swords, but he still won't come. Yeah. So, sorry, I interrupted you. I You're good. I understand it. why the campaign is two-person. Obviously, they can probably do something later down the road to make it a four. Mm-hmm. It's just how the, the missions are set up. That's why it's not four-person, because if you have four people, you would knock out a mission. Oh, really fast. Minutes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, the level. You're, you're absolutely right. The levels aren't really designed for that. At least when I was playing at the beginning on the first half of the campaign, the average mission takes about 15 to 20 minutes. And then on the back half, it took anywhere between 20 to 30 minutes on how you play. Yeah. Uh, Listeners, if you're curious about how these classes work, uh, the samurai is the tank class. The uh, hunter is the ranged class with bow and arrow. They're more effective that way. The assassin is the stealth class. They can't take as many hits, but they are super effective in in fights and they can kill. uh, They can kill in streaks. Um, the Ronin is the more support class while the Ronin is still effective in battle. The Ronin is more effective in the fact that they can revive all their teammates using their super. And that's going to be super helpful when going into the raid. So if somebody in your team doesn't want to play as that, that's going to suck. Thankfully, miles immediately took that class. I think he did it kind of mostly because he knew I would, I would want to play as the assassin. And I appreciate that. But, uh, he, is really good at support and uh in some cases he saved my bacon <laughs> when playing through those yeah it's it's really cool go ahead and get it downloaded make sure you have the patch and uh then unlock you know use the unlock download key whatever you want to call it and, well the uh, nice thing is uh when you do start it it's going to give you tutorial for each of the character class so you can get a fill of each one true yeah i don't think we recommend listeners when you do it just Get a feel, and whatever you pick as your first is going to be your primary for a while. Yeah, absolutely. So pick your play style. I pick Samurai because I tend to go tank. 
Oh, and one last thing, listeners, if you have, if you encountered the glitch that I encountered, which was the first class that I chose, or the first class that I shouldn't say that I chose, the first class that I played as, which is going to be the samurai when you're doing the tutorial, uh, it'll take you through tutorial steps of you kill, you do this, you do this next objective. If you get to the last objective after taking out uh, the last, you know, the last three guys using your super, you're supposed to do an emote and it's asking you to press left on the D-pad and swipe down on the touchpad. Mine did not come up with the cue for that. I eventually figured it out. So uh, that's what that's what that is. If your if your cue at the bottom doesn't come up, that's where where it's going to get stuck. Once you do that, it'll open up the portal and you can walk through and continue with the rest of the classes. Um, it was a very weird encounter. It was very weird for me because I thought like I was like sitting there and like the game's broken for me. Like I can't I can't progress. No, it was because the prompt just didn't work. And while that is that is a a glitch and shouldn't happen, you'll press enough stuff, you'll eventually figure it out. <laughs> but it took me a while. I just wanted to put that out there in case that happens to anybody else. Listeners, thank you for listening to us. We really do appreciate it. Please go on Facebook, like us on Facebook, tell your friends about us. It's pretty much the only way we get around. This is Vargo. I want to change the ending. Hey, listeners, thank you for putting up with us. This is Anderson. <laughs> That's probably more accurate, yeah. Keep on geeking on, and we're out.
Vampires crawl in search of blood To terrorize your neighborhood And whosoever shall be found Without the soul for getting down Must stand and face the hounds of hell And rot inside a corpse's shell I'm gonna do it tonight Stenches in the air, the funk of 40,000 years, and grisly goons from every tomb are closing in to seal your doom. And though you fight to stay alive, your body starts to shiver, for no mere mortal can resist the evil of the thriller. Ha 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 